0: back.
1: (音楽) We'll be right back. And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast upon which we rewatch very special episodes of television, or whatever we feel like, and see what they have to teach us today.
0: Today, whatever we feel like is in the form (laughs) of The Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, The episode is called Pink Pills and Purple Parents. Season 4, episode 11, originally premiered November 25th, 1964, and was written by Gary Marshall and Jerry Belson. Yep. Gary Marshall.
1: <laughs> Gary Marshall. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, you can watch this whole uh, series on Hulu, if you are so inclined. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, you should. It's pretty good. It's some some classic kind of TV. Yeah. Uh, real quick, you wrote what? Of course, Gary Marshall, we all know from his uh, big directing achievements, also being the, the brother of Penny Marshall. Yeah. Talent, right. talent runs little...
1: deep in that family.
0: Bonus trivia for y'all. Uh, but what about this Jerry Belson person? What did, what did he write? Jerry Belson was the writer and creator of the 1972 show Me and the Chimp. Oh. Yep, 1970s when everybody <laughs> did a... Let's throw a monkey into this and see what happens. Uh, so here's the synopsis <laughs> of Me and the Chimp. Dentist Mike Reynolds is living a good life with his wife Liz and his two children. When Scott and Kitty find a chimp, he reluctantly agrees to keep it, but finds his life turned upside down when the ape Buttons causes chaos on a regular basis. So, lots of problems here.
1: Elf with a his,
0: chimp. Pretty much. The uh, chimp's name is Buttons. <laughs> Apparently his daughter is named Kitty. <laughs> Don't ever no. do that, people. That's just, that's just some solid advice from me to you, um, as, peop- as people with regular ass names. Uh, and that was you were what? What? Well, so the chimp, no
1: one's looking yep. for it? Did it escape from a lab or a zoo? You don't just find a large monkey and no one's looking for I, it.
0: Yeah, but I feel like in the 70s, people assumed that you could. If you just spent enough time outside, <laughs> you could find a monkey. One of my favorite sure. books as a kid, I think the first book I remember like reading on my own was a book called Julius, which was about a kid playing football outside by himself and finding a giant gorilla named Yeah, Julius. there
1: was an 80s movie that I loved called I Wouldn't Leave Teresa for Any Other Girl, and it was about a kid that found a monkey, an orangutan sure. or something named Teresa.
0: Yeah. Let's all us not forget Every Which Way But Loose, <laughs> uh, where Clint Eastwood is paired with an orangutan of some sort. Oh,
1: man, what a uh, what a heyday just, for
0: large it was, monkeys. It was quite a quite a time to be alive for monkeys
1: yeah and then they
0: moved into more serious work with project x and planet of the apes in the future Mm -hmm. that's when monkeys really came that's when they
1: turned on us okay do you (laughs) have a snack because i have one i'm excited about
0: i did i feel like we're a little bit uh when we're recording this i just went to the grocery store and we're. it's fine still no toilet paper come on everybody calm down And still no rice uh, to speak of, but everything else is pretty well stocked. So it's Mm -hmm. less of this is what they had as, hey, this looked good, which is Lay's baked sour cream and cheddar chips.
1: Oh, okay. I'll be interested in your review. I generally think I don't like those baked chips. I think they taste like sandpaper, but I'm interested to know your thoughts. Wow.
0: Way to hype Uh, it up for me, dude. Thanks.
1: (laughs) I found this at the grocery store. It's after Easter, Boots. but they still had these.
0: Oh. No. Yeah, Peeps. I wonder why they still had these. These Peeps were there. cereal. Listen, Peeps what cereal. was this, Albertsons?
1: No, this was at Target. And this is um, marshmallow-flavored cereal with marshmallows. <laughs> Fuck so, hell, really? So <laughs> it's supposed to be all marshmallows all the time. And then, of course, I went online and I found the official press release this is a limited edition breakfast cereal um excellent source of eight vitamins and minerals uh it is a travel friendly food just add your favorite milk and enjoy um yeah the marshmallow options are endless says the press release
0: do you think that the fda has been corrupted enough by now that (laughs) sugar is counted as a vitamin
1: yeah 100 what is uh what is um (laughs) there was an episode of parks and rec where Leslie was like, you convinced, was yelling at someone. Was like, you convinced uh, the school board that napkins were a vegetable or something. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, have you, you haven't tried this yet, have nope.
1: you? Nope, Here they oh are. Oh my God,
0: it's just, wait, so it's, it's, it looks like Oat O's. Yeah. But there, and there are marshmallows in there. And so there it's are like... bunny
1: and chick shaped marshmallows
0: so it's like if Fruit Loops was like, "Fuck it, let's just put some marshmallows in this jank."
1: Yeah, marshmallow uh, flavored O's and marshmallows is what I'm supposed
0: to. I can't like. wait to hear what what marshmallow O's tastes <laughs> like. <So> let's enjoy. <laughs> let's enjoy our snacks. Uh, All right. for the first time together. Let's do it. Bye. I mean, I'll start out because mine are pretty boring. They don't taste like sandpaper, so please go die. Oh. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> they taste it's also fine. Been I like don't a usually... harsh
1: reaction for a snack review.
0: <laughs> Seems like it, but you're getting in the way of me enjoying snacks. And that's <laughs> like a. It's covered between a mother bear and her snacks. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it tastes like what you'd think. It's definitely. It's ruffles, so it's kind of the no Lay, excuse me. It's Lay's, so it's any potato chip now is just like well, this is the chemical that tastes like the thing it's supposed to right. taste like. There's probably uh you know five percent of this is actual potatoes or cheddar or sourd cream. Uh, so it was great. I give it a solid B plus.
1: So this cereal, the O's don't really taste marshmallowy. They taste like sure. kicks. They remind me of kicks, yeah. and the. The um, little bunny and uh, chick-shaped marshmallows taste like marshmallows. They taste like Lucky Charms marshmallows or any kind of marshmallows. So what I basically have here is kicks with marshmallows in it, and I'm not mad at it. I'm definitely going to eat this uh, as oh, my sure. qu- as a quarantine snack.
0: Yeah, at that worst, it's just sugary cereal with yeah. woo-hoo. You know, it's, it's like- so
1: funny that we ate this for breakfast as kids. It Doesn't was, now sense. I think of it as a dessert, like I will have it after supper. It is a dessert. This was legitimately, I started my day with shit like this as a kid. It boggles the mind.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it, for me, it's like a once in a blue moon, like, it's an indulgence. It's like, well, this is, mm-hmm. this is no good for me. I might as well just eat a bag of sugar.
1: Yeah, it's like eating so, cake or anything like that. Well, you wouldn't start your day off anyway.
0: Whew. I mean... Now that we're, now we're putting it in that context, I would start my day out with a cake if I could. <laughs> if it didn't mean that I was just going to fall asleep like right. two hours afterwards, right. uh, I would definitely eat cakes. Uh, and uh, speaking of which, coming soon to this uh, podcast, if I can convince uh, Chelsea to do it, Twinkies brand cereal
1: Yes, you've convinced yeah. me. That's all you had to say. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Let's talk about a, a goddamn episode of television. Yeah, let's talk uh, about the
1: Dick Van Dyke show. This is an older let's. show than we usually go in for.
0: Still not our oldest show. I think we're still... Um, uh, uh, Leave it to Beaver was a little bit older than this.
1: It is. Um, in S- fact...
0: The 60s, which is ridiculous to me. Any black and white show, I always think... Well, that's from the 50s or earlier. Right. And this is mid-60s. We're, we're yeah. It's weird. Yeah.
1: Um, I have a little bit of Dick Van Dyke trivia for my favorite place, Mental Floss. And one of the reasons that I know that the show uh, is younger than Leave it to Beaver is because of a bit of oh. trivia that I will that we'll get to. But first, let me tell you some some straight up facts. Uh, the mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke Show aired on CBS from 1968 to 1966, total of 158 half hour episodes spanning five seasons. It was created by Carl Reiner and starred Dick Van Dyke, Rosemary, Maury Amsterdam, Larry Matthews, and Mary Tyler Moore. And it centered on the work and home life of a television comedy writer named Rob Petrie, played by Dick Van Dyke. It was um, one of the most beloved series of the time. It won 15 Emmy Awards. Two of the episodes were ranked numbers 18 and 15 on TV Guide's 100 Greatest Episodes of All Time list, and it has ranked consistently. um, TV Guide updates their 50 Greatest Shows of All Time list every couple of years, but it's always on there. It's been ranked between 13 and 20 on the list of TV Guide's 60 Best Series consistently. The show was the brainchild of Carl Reiner, who he was a writer, performer on Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows from Mm -hmm. 1950 to 1954. So when when, uh, he got done being a writer on Your Show of Shows, he thought, let me do the most meta thing ever and write a show about people who write a show He kind of famously, the characters in the in the writers' room were based on his co-writers. So Mari Amsterdam's character is based on Mel Brooks. Um, Oh uh, sure. Selma Diamond was uh, the the other uh, writer in the room, and Rosemarie's character is based on her. Carl Reiner wanted to cast someone kind of like himself to play the lead character, but Mm -hmm. uh, in a very nineteen sixties move the producers wanted someone more mainstream american quote unquote meaning less jewish for sure. the title uh, role and the finalists for the lead role of rob petrie came down to johnny carson and dick van dyke so this was almost Oof. the johnny carson show um that would have been weird i know right Dick Van Dyke had just had a very successful run on Broadway in Bye Bye Birdie, and so he landed the job, and then, of course, Johnny Carson went on to be very successful in his own show. Um, sure. But isn't that wild to think about? That, that is That it could crazy. have been Johnny Carson flipping over that ottoman?
0: Yeah. That would have been, and then he would have looked at the camera and gone, that was weird. Right. Uh, that's but, as much Johnny Carson as I ever do. Um,
1: <laughs> but the last yeah, little bit I want to say is that the thing about the relation to um, Leave It to Beaver is that... Um, they wanted Mary Tyler Moore's character Laura Petrie to be like a June Cleaver type sure. of character. They wanted her to wear pearls and a house dress while she vacuumed, and Mary Tyler Moore was like, "That's ridiculous. Nobody wears that stuff when they clean the house." And so she insisted on wearing those capri pants that she wears Oof, in a lot of episodes, what and a it was like it was very scandalous. Female viewers loved it, and she kicked off a whole capri pants. Um trend, but that was a direct, re- direct reaction to being like, I'm not going to be like June Cleaver.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty solid. I don't have much research on this. I watched this on Nick at Night all through my, my childhood.
1: Yeah, it made me want to be a, work at a writer's room.
0: Oh, for sure. They had the best time. It was just yep. a bunch of people joking around all day. There's nothing hard yep. about writing, I thought, to myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I, I came up with as far as research into the show is this show is about uh, is a flashback to the beginning of their marriage and it occurred to me that it was like well Mary Tyler Moore has looked like Mary Tyler Moore in this forever and obviously in Mary Tyler Moore show so I went to look up a picture of her to try to find like a young picture of Mary Tyler Moore and um, I threw it into Google and Google comes up with like It comes up with a bunch of images, most of which are just Mary Tyler Moore in the Dick Van Dyke show. But every now and then it'll have one of those windows that's like, what about, would you like to do this search instead or this search? And one of the ones that came up was Mary Tyler Moore bosoms. It's bosoms, (laughs) but spelled B-O-S-U-M-S. And I was like, well, that's a very weird search. And that's when I realized... That old people must be looking up, (gasps) like, be trying to find (laughs) naked pictures of Mary Tyler Moore. And, like, there's some old dudes out there who are like, well, I'd like to see that woman's bosoms. How do you spell bosoms? No time. So there's been enough searches. There's been enough searches for Mary Tyler Moore and her bosoms, but also spelled incorrectly, that one of the suggestions was bosoms.
1: Bosoms. Oh, no. Bosoms. Yeah, she's been. She was actually 11 years younger than Dick Van Dyke, and he kind of wasn't. He thought it was kind of creepy when they wanted to cast her, but then they had such good on-screen chemistry that he really, really do. Yeah, sure. Um, Also, he has always looked super young too. Even now, he looks way younger than he actually is. Good lord,
0: the fact that he is still up and around and kicking and being in movies and. You yeah, know, that sort of thing is is just just generally being mind. a national
1: treasure. Um, Truly, yeah. So let's we have uh, almost no ordinary worlds because we are we have to get to the flashback, which is the special world, real quick. So. Mm-hmm. The premise of this uh, episode is that we're in the writer's room. Rob is at work with Buddy, and they're sitting in the office talking when their co-worker Sally comes in. She has a terrible headache. She's very clear about it not being a hangover. And so Rob says, you should take some aspirin. She says, that would be like trying to stop the Chicago fire with a seltzer bottle. Um, So immediately there's a call to... What'd you people, say? Have a
0: reserve, people have reserved people have reserved silence cuz the Chicago fire had just happened.
1: <laughs> right. And there's Five a moment of remembrance.
0: Before. And then Buddy's like, "Hey, why don't you take my fucking pain pills?"
1: For my back and pain. This
0: prescription. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, well, this is where the opioid crisis started. Yes. Like right here. We're watching it. This is
1: the call to opioid adventure. <laughs> Buddy's like, "Take these Opioids pain pills. Opioids are from- the
0: call, their own call to adventure. Thank you right. very much.
1: But Rob intervenes. He says, "You never, never, ever take anyone else's prescriptions." Um, and so, the such as it is, the hero's journey of this uh, episode will be Rob trying to convince Sally not to ever take anyone else's prescriptions.
0: Sure, it's it's so. also it's refreshing to see that this episode. I was I was impressed. One minute and thirty seconds, you just have you just have the the whole. Premise of a very special episode, which is never, ever take somebody else's prescription. Boom. Done. Yeah. And the rest uh, of it's all fluff.
1: Yeah. He gives a little bit of um, a little sort of like fast facts. He says, the this prescription is built for your size and weight. You two are built differently. What can cure pain mm-hmm. for one person can do some weird things for someone else. And Buddy says, what kind of weird things? And then we're off to the races. And Rob is going to yep. tell us a story about when his wife, Laura, once took someone else's prescription and it almost wrecked their marriage. And he straight up says, I'm going to prove to you that you should never take someone else's <laughs> prescriptions. Sure. <laughs> like, Cause... oh, my job on this podcast would be so much easier if the hero of every episode said, I'm Truly. going to fill in the blank.
0: And like winked into the camera every <laughs> single time. like, <laughs> And you two at home pay attention. <laughs> we have that's a weird there's a weird cold open uh, sort of thing with the Dick Van Dyke show we come back Sally lays down on the couch Buddy is massaging her head and Rob launches into this flashback which takes place a few months after Rob and Laura had been married right uh, So Rob is still in the army and they're in a small house that looks vaguely like their old house but just redecorated (laughs) right
1: very importantly they've been married for a few months but Laura has never met his parents he tells us Lord
0: yeah, um, and hold on tight for how relationships used to work, everybody. <laughs> oh there's a lot of stuff in here.
1: <laughs> so this is the special world. It is the uh, the world of the past, the flashback world. So mm-hmm. we enter quickly into the tests, allies, and enemies portion of the special world part of the hero's journey rob comes home from army and announces that his parents <laughs> will be visiting them tomorrow night and laura immediately freaks out because she needs a lot more time to prepare to meet his parents sure. for the first time the house isn't ready nothing is fixed up nothing has been cleaned she thinks she might be getting a cold her hair isn't right she's just freaking out to be meeting them for the first time without much warning and i get it i mean that's legitimate.
0: Yeah, I think the difference here is... uh, I mean, and and to be fair, um, and I've written this down and it's definitely a joke that I'm really happy to be able to tell. Um, Rob Petrie has given her 24 hours notice about this instead of being like, hey, why don't you come next week or something like that. He's like, nah, it's tomorrow, which is what I call a dick move or a Dick Van Dyke move.
1: A Dick Van Dyke move.
0: Truly. uh, So... (sighs) Here's where I'm confused because I, I, my family didn't, I don't think really operates in this way where it certainly would be nice if your family approved of the person, but mostly it's hands off. It's like, eh, if you like him, whatever. But this is being treated like, Laura is treating it like her parents have veto power over her entire marriage.
1: Yeah, which it's, does feel like more of a thing you would be worried about before you were married, like that they... Mm-hmm they might kill the relationship but they are already married however it's it is a different time i think that there's there's also a lot of like mother-in-law like cranky mother-in-law humor in this episode that was just so de rigueur for the time like you would think no human being ever male or female got along with their mother-in-law ever in the history of time before now because there is a lot of like Oh, um, I st- your mother just cried. We spoke on the phone once, but she just cried and I stole her son and da-da-da-da-da, which is like yeah. weird and creepy and I'm just kind of, it's I'm glad we're done with weird. that whole, like, yeah. I'm glad that J-Lo and Jane Fonda did Monster-in-Law and finally put that whole thing to bed f- for all of us. They, um,
0: they sacrificed that part of their career so that we <laughs> right. may, they walk so ahead. we could run.
1: <laughs> exactly. Away, run away from these jokes. Um, <laughs> Truly. Rob has a really funny joke, though, because she's freaking out and she's like, oh, I just want to make a good impression on them when I meet them for the first time. And he says, "Honey, it's just my parents. I met them two minutes after I was born." Which I uh, thought that was pretty good, pretty solid Look, line.
0: Here's here's the thing about the Dick Van Dyke Show: between the physical comedy and like the 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 bits and gags and things like this, it's clear like. Comedy writers are writing this thing. It's very. It holds up pretty well. It holds up really
1: well on on the sort of like back and forth repartee, build 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 joke, and then also Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really good physical comedy and like face comedy. I mean, it is. It holds a lot of things really hold up very well. Um, There's a running gag that starts here, which is. She wants to have... She wants their their apartment to have an Italian motif. And she she wants there to be these decorative wine bottles that are like Chianti bottles with like the straw or whatever on the bottom and then candles Mm -hmm. melted. Um, But obviously that those... Don't work until you have melted at least one candle in them. And so right. she is freaking out because they don't have enough decorative wine bottles. And he, she looks at Rob and says, Oh, I wish you'd drink more. <laughs> and the laughs just keep on coming. Um, that but- they
0: only have two records total so they can't play any music the she meant to wash and iron the drapes which i i, I said out loud should i be doing that <laughs> it doesn't matter because i'm not going to uh i believe she means uh gently febreze the drapes when you get a second <laughs> <laughs> and are fabreezing something else and go oh wait what about those Yep. That's what she means to say.
1: That's what she meant to say. Uh, Rob says his parents don't care about the apartment or the lack of records yeah. or the lack of wine bottles or anything like that. They just want to meet Laura and they're mm-hmm. not royalty. She should not be so worried. But then, and then they kiss and it's very sweet and she starts to relax. But then she immediately remembers she has to feed them something. And yes. oh God, this is menu planning for the most significant meal of her life. And um, and Rob's like, well, I got to go back to work and just she's See just ya. spinning out in the apartment by Herself and he goes back to army and just leaves.
0: Yeah, like like the rest of my job, I've dropped the bomb and now I'm gonna leave without cleaning up my mess. So it's the next day, and this is one of my favorite sitcom things. Uh, Millie is uh, Laura and Rob's neighbor. In what her last name is, what's that? Helper,
1: Millie Helper. Oh, Millie
0: Helper, yeah, 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 that's nice. Yeah, Millie, Millie, uh, is, is their neighbor. Like in present day, but she's also their neighbor in this flashback. So yeah, they just they keep became moving. such good
1: neighbor friends that they just moved mm-hmm. in next to each other everywhere they went after this, apparently.
0: Like they went house hunting together and only looked at places that were right next to each yeah, other. Like the Mertzes Us. and the
1: Ricardos.
0: Truly. And I I think that's where it's also happened as well. Is like, look at this old timey footage of of these two couples that also lived right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, So it is T minus seven hours until the parents get there and Laura's freaking out. She's trying to melt candles onto those... Bottles and Millie, yeah. like a fucking snake character, like a real <laughs> hanging around a playground creep, is like, You should take one of my calming down pills.
1: Yeah, she's calming like, I brought these pills. calming down pills over for you. And but Lara's oh. like, No, I gotta stay sharp, I gotta stay on my game. She doesn't <laughs> say that, but that's the energy she's giving out. And then Chilly. she realizes, Laura realizes she doesn't even know what to call these people, and her anxiety mm-hmm. intensif- intensifies. And Millie keeps offering her the pills, and she keeps, Lord, refusing doesn't she? Yeah, she's like. I keep no, expecting really? Millie to
0: be like the first two will be free, Laura, but after <laughs> that, you're gonna have to pay me.
1: Gonna follow the law of sitcom drug pushers. The third one will, you will be pushers. charged for. Um, yeah, the, but rule, Millie... the rule, that's
0: where that's where the, the term the rule of threes comes from. Yes,
1: exactly. All yeah. writers slash drug dealers know there you have you to go. obey the rule of threes. Millie offers, uh, why don't you why don't you keep them? I'm gonna go now, but you just keep them here with you in case you need one and. Millie is sent off with the carrots and peas because Laura's stove only has two burners. So Millie is going to go yeah. put that to heat up in her kitchen. And Laura freaks and, and she's like, is it cheating? And I'm like, dude, outsource that shit. On, like, you man. Fucking... You're 24 hours notice, they're like, you didn't order the entire meal in. Like, come on. Yeah,
0: call a restaurant now. And you <laughs> see her stove later on, and they just don't make these anymore because they're worthless. Also, the, the oven is, is the so... size...
1: The oven yeah. is the size of an easy-bake oven. It is the smallest yeah. oven I've ever seen.
0: More like, difficult-bake-Z-oven.
1: <laughs> no <Nope>. Z-oven. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's Z-oven. Oh, have I misunderstood? Yeah. Uh, where's yeah, the F-Z-oven? Where the pun happens
1: way. in that. So, <laughs> so Laura is alone in the apartment. Now Millie's gone, but she's trying to practice talking to her in-laws, and then Rob comes in, and she gets real shy about it, and he can tell that she's still very nervous, and... Um, but she's, he says, you know, don't worry about it. When you meet my parents, you're going to knock them out and okay. demonstrates by punching her in the fucking face so hard all that right. she loses consciousness.
0: Let's all talk about this what? moment here. Let's talk about... What? So what had happened was Rob <laughs> is, is trying to convince her that everything's going to be fine. He turns towards the door and he says, when they walk through that door you're going to knock them out and turns around and swings and fucking clocks Laura right in the goddamn eye. Which Here's yeah. Go ahead. How do you accidentally
1: punch someone hard enough to knock them unconscious? Isn't it hard to knock someone's lights out? Like, don't you have to be concentrating and really putting all your power into that swing? I've never knocked anyone unconscious, so I don't know, but it seems like something that would be very hard to do
0: accidentally. Sure. Here's the most important... I have a little insight on this. Oh, okay. Uh I have a little insight on this. I'm already uncomfortable. Go ahead, Miles. (laughs) Okay. In my early 20s during... Chelsea, are you okay? Are you okay, Chelsea? (laughs) Chelsea, are you okay? Blink twice if you need to be rescued. (laughs) (laughs) So during my early 20s, during very, very boring temp jobs in the early days of smartphones, I would YouTube and stream people getting hit in the face.
1: Jesus Christ, Miles. To pass
0: my time. But there's there's an area in the jawbone... Um, that's very sensitive, and, and if you get struck there just correctly, just right, uh, at the right angle, just just in the right spot on in, on your jawbone, you can get knocked out very easily.
1: Well, that's good to know, but he does hit her in the eye, so.
0: He does. It's really, while Miles was talking, I came up with two things that I thought was funny. What are you, fucking Miles or Durden from the movie <laughs> Fight Schlub? <laughs> oh my god. I felt real good about it and so I said it. Yeah, okay. Well here's here's the thing. I don't wanna I don't wanna dwell on this punch way too long. Um, but here's the thing. So he punches her in the goddamn face. He's he, then we hear we have like a little voiceover from the, the present day where he's like, Oh, she was okay and then she just had a little mouse under her eye. Um, which is when you have like a little bruise that puffs up a little bit. Yeah. Uh and he's I, like, I she had covered not heard it. that before. Ah, it's uh, as a, as somebody who watches the the UFC. That's a that's a, oh. that's a that's still a common phrase. Sure. Um, I'm no miles, but my my point being, all right. So Rob punches his wife in the face. Fantastic. She
1: passes out. Uh,
0: she passes out. There's a mouse under her eye. She covers it up with a bruise, and then other than like yeah, with makeup. with makeup. And then like uh, you know, a moment later, like he tries to touch her face, and she's like bah. Otherwise, not really brought up ever again. Not a reason that she's taking these pills. Not nothing. This is superfluous wife punching. This has no business here.
1: I kept waiting for her to be like, and now my face hurts, so let me take a pill. No, no. This is just so we can get a weird... And not even for him to be like, ooh, maybe I'm a little more nervous than I thought or anything. Like, no, No, nothing. It's just just, he
0: punches her in the face. one scene
1: of this beloved man punching his beloved wife in the face. It might
0: even be like, oh, here's here's an even (laughs) more disturbing thought. This is how we transition to when the parents arrive. So do you think this is like, all right, we need a button for this scene. I don't know. Rob punches his wife. All right, cool.
1: Yeah. That's
0: <laughs> kind like, of it. Uh,
1: no, one, no one has a plan B for this moment? No? All right. guess no. we're going with that. So what if she
0: just says, oh, Rob, and then we just flash forward. Just We're done. Right. There, like we've it. done a
1: thousand times before. All so right. it's a bit later. Laura has dressed for dinner. She's put makeup over her shiner. And yep. she's flitting around trying to finish the dinner um, before her in-laws arrive. And the pills are in the kitchen with her. The pills Mm -hmm. that Millie has left. She burns her hand on the tiniest oven I've ever seen.
0: God, it's so small.
1: And then, so now she's got, again, another reason, if we wanted to, to be like, my face hurts and my hand hurts. Let me take one Mm -hmm. of these pills. But no, that's just another superfluous injury. Um, The
0: other thing is you can overhear everything that's happening in the other room from the kitchen. So she's hearing, she hears mom and dad arrive. And
1: yeah, his parents show up. up.
0: fucking turd man well, her well, mom This mom is a jerk
1: first of all these people are old as hell they yeah. should be like 40 or 45 Something because like that, right? when you think about how young people had kids and how young rob and laura are supposed to be probably right after college just into the army then these people should be no older than 50 and they're in yeah. their 70s if they're a day
0: Here's the thing, though, is that 70s by today's standards, because this was the 60s, so maybe they're actually 40 years old, but it's the 60s when everybody was smoking and mainlining, <laughs> I guess. mainlining my pollution. Thing,
1: my thing is they, they can't actually make Rob and Lara look younger, so yeah. they, can't, they have to have people who look like they could be Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore's parents now, or like That's in the present, it. in the 60s. Yeah. It's just a weird thing where I was like, whoa, <laughs> these people are...
0: <laughs> I would be, be so younger. into it if somebody their age came in and was like, hey, son, how are you doing? <laughs> Some weird time travel accident happened. That would be.
1: Yeah, his mother is a complete turd. She yeah. starts crying. She can't get the phrase, my baby boy is married out Ugh. without crying. And I just already can't with this woman, like first foot through the door. I yeah, know she's so written creepy. that way, but it's yeah. just kind of like, come on. So Laura greets Rob's dad. Who immediately so she's taken on her appearance.
0: Did we mention she has taken a pill?
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So she takes a pill because she hears them come in and she freaks out and, and she's now burned her hand. She's got a black eye. And so she just takes the pill. Neither which you mentioned, but pill. she takes
0: the pill. Yeah.
1: And then she sees Rob's dad, who immediately tells her how hot she is, which I guess is a great compliment for the time, um, and a good sure. icebreaker. And then there's yeah. a cute moment of physical comedy where he tries to shake her hand, but that's burned, and then he tries to kiss her cheek, but that's swollen. And she yelps in pain like every time he comes near her to try to like greet her, and it's kind of mm-hmm. cute. Um, they also do the
0: weird, like, are we going to shake hands or hug thing. It's right. really, it's, it's again, the physical comedy in this, especially from yeah. Mary Tyler Moore is, is superlative.
1: Yeah. And um, then she goes to shake mom's hand and instead of shaking her hand, mom Petri hands her, her gloves and purse, which is just fucking fun. rude.
0: What a piece of crap. So they're all talking. Somebody says, uh, dad keeps making these terrible jokes. And she says, uh, let see where Rob gets to sense of humor from. Sense of humor is super important. And mom's like, there are other things that are more important. And, and she goes, well, so is sense of serious is yeah. important.
1: <laughs> audience is loves that. Studio audience. Yeah. And Rob's father is trying to, He's really trying to like lighten the mood. He makes these jokes. He says, "Call us, mom and dad." You know, he's yeah. really trying to like keep keep a light mood going. But then we realize where the tension is coming from, which is that they must have eloped because mom brings up that none of their parents were invited to the wedding, and she's
0: Seems really like it, yeah. in a,
1: really in a snit about it. Um, so Laura then goes to the kitchen to check on dinner and gets to, over here. Rob's parents talk about how many girls he went out with and what a great catch he is.
0: Like, remember that uh, I just talked to Vivian Fogel, the girl you almost married, and he's like, I think I went on a date with her once.
1: Right. Um, And it's unclear whether mom is doing this for Laura's benefit, because she Mm. knows she can overhear it, but I think she is. So... Laura's in the kitchen, she's checking on dinner, she's listening to Vivian Fogel and all of these things, and it's so rude, and Rob is showing his parents snapshots of the wedding, but Laura is feeling super stressed out, and that one calm down pill has not helped, so mm-hmm. she takes at least one more, we don't know how many, she grabs the bottle and and takes at least to tell. one more.
0: Yeah, she she clearly doesn't understand that calm down pills take more than, I don't know, two seconds to work. So she's like, well, just pile some more on there. That way I'll be extra calmed down. So that's the end of our act one. And we come back to act two. And dinner is served. And Mom is already saying, Rob never ate asparagus before. And it's like, fucking, okay. He
1: never ate asparagus at home. And it's like, people try things. But Laura is serving potatoes and asparagus. And she says, we're also going to have some Paris and keys. And I'm like, hey, damn, how many vegetable sides does one four-person dinner need? That's fully. Seriously one vegetable for every person. And then (laughs) she says parrots and keys instead of carrots and peas. And that makes her laugh. And she sort of looks off dreamily into the distance and spaces out. And so I wrote, so the calm down pills are edibles. That's what's (laughs) happening here.
0: (laughs) It's the way that she acts. Yeah. This is not pain. I've only ever taken muscle relaxers like once. And it was like, cool. Now I want to go lay down. I wasn't like cool. I'm gonna take some muscle relaxers and watch Speed Racer.
1: Yeah, it's nothing I mean, like that. Is it like melatonin or something? No. Well, there's no really. What?
0: There's no. It's no telling. Obviously, they're they're hyping it up a little bit because it'd be boring if she just fell asleep. But right. Uh, you know who knows? Back then, when they put cocaine, in was just heroin. It was, heroin. It was yeah. a
1: heroin pill in Straight the sixties. They just didn't care.
0: It's calm down, heroin. It's my good <laughs> heroin. <laughs> So, so uh, Laura says that uh, she she goes to call Millie, and this is a fantastic moment in this episode. Millie comes in like a, a hurricane, and I, we in, need to
1: really focus on this moment because it is this is fantastic, it is brilliant.
0: This thirty-five seconds, I timed it because it's just constant, nonstop. Millie walks in with the carrots and peas. And from the second she walks in, she's talking until she leaves again, just explaining that she had nothing to do with this. This was all Laura's idea. Laura made the recipe. She just put it on her stove, like, really trying to console, like, greets them very quickly and is like, hi there. Okay, well, here's this and here's for you. And it just non-stop talking
1: yeah she like she serves everyone out of the bowl that she's carrying and then she puts the bowl down and then she backs out the door the way mm-hmm. she came in like the she doesn't close the door when she comes in she steamrolls in she serves everybody she puts the dish down and then she backs out the door and bumps into just, the
0: chair like i mean you know
1: actresses should do this for an audition monologue it is so real good and morgan and morgan gilbert gilbert the actress she's hilarious i mean she's a fan favorite on this show she also went on to play fran's grandmother yetta on the nanny and was brilliant on that show and i looked at imdb she was still acting on tv up until the year she died in 2016 good lord she she was still doing episodes of tv until the year she died and the audience goes nuts for this as well they should
0: i went nuts for it it i thought it was great she yeah, backs out, she times. bumps into the chair, she's like, I'm Millie, I'm just nobody, goodbye.
1: Yeah, I'm just she's nobody, like, that's her last <laughs> thing. Because she doesn't want, Laura has been worried that her right. parents are going to be mad that she, or her the, aunts will be mad that she outsourced yeah. the, the keys in parents.
0: She asks, you know, is this is this cheating? And I'm like, what the, what the fuck are the rules here, even? <laughs> what are the right. rules of 1960s marriage? Or I guess this would have been 50s or 40s or something like that. Yeah, who knows. Laura comes back in and now she is she's in her own uh, fully in her own special world. Yeah, um, truly. She is 100 percent high as crap. Uh, she's just dad stared,
1: staring, long yeah. distance staring, laughing but to like, herself and then laughing super hard at all of her father in law's bad jokes. Which, I really
0: like this line from from Rob, which is don't do that. We've been trying to convince him he's not funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> but very great. earnest, which is great.
1: But it's so funny because, honestly, like, if you want to, I only have the one father-in-law. But I would Mm -hmm. say that a very efficient way to win over your father-in-law in in most cases is to just laugh like a lunatic at his jokes. thats I mean, I feel like Miles won over my dad that way, and I've won over his dad that way, and that's been a pretty um, fail-proof way to go about it. So she's getting on great with dad. Tree. Uh he really likes her, thinks she's a hoot. And, then and she, it, doesn't, it doesn't
0: hurt that uh, Dad's a bit of a creep and is like, oh, you're so attractive, you don't even need to cook. And it's like, all right, calm down. Yeah, Dad, Dad, I
1: wonder down. how much of that, I think sometimes, too, like how much of that was considered to be the highest compliment you could give a woman at that time. You know, like it, we can't know, but is it, well, it, is it seems a thing like... where it's like he's trying to really give her the highest compliment he knows how to give or is it that he's creepy or is it both?
0: I think it's both. Number one I think that any amount of praise that you can get out of an in-law is like wow what a victory but also it seems like he really means it later on he'll make fun of his wife by saying you should be so much like Laura you know right. that I wish yeah. I wish you you know like when they think there's something wrong with her she's like well she's worth straightening out and nobody's there to hear yeah. it so he's just generally creepy. <laughs> Yeah. Laura says that uh, there's clearly something wrong. Dick Van Dyke's trying to, Rob is trying to figure it out. And she says she feels dizzy and mom immediately thinks that she might be pregnant. She says no. And then Rob goes to serve wine and looks at the bottle in a real lifetime moment where right. <laughs> like, there should be some, some stirring strings here. That's like, uh oh, there's a problem. But he's just, he suspects that Laura's is, is just completely smashed.
1: Which Um, is how she's acting. Like, it's a good supposition. She can't stop smiling. They all have a little toast, and she can't stop smiling, and she just looks like she's having such a good time. Like, honestly, I'll fucking have what she's having. She looks like she is having no more nerves at all, Mm -hmm. and just really enjoying herself and and the company of her in-laws.
0: I would 100%, and maybe this is something we need to do in in the most misguided move this podcast could ever have, is... (laughs) Which person on a substance that we're being warned about would you like to hang out with? <laughs> like, I'm not gonna hang out with with drunk Urkel because then I've got to do nope. a whole dance. No thanks. But fucking hi, Laura. Absolutely, yeah. she's having I'm a blast. I'm not gonna hang out with
1: drunk Kimmy Gibbler. Nope. No, but Forget yeah, that. hi,
0: Laura. Hi, Laura, sounds yep. pretty. She's in, the, she's in the lead as far as I can tell.
1: I need to get um, on her level. She looks like she's having a grand old time.
0: I'm going to go ahead and call it a tie between Laura and Johnny Dakota, as <laughs> the people that I would <laughs> hang out with <laughs> in their altered state. Uh, Johnny Dakota mostly for the connections. My career really needs a kick in the pants.
1: <laughs> really, really, needs, really needs to meet a bunch of uh, dudes in long blazers. So Absolutely. So after dinner... Laura is in the kitchen, dishing up dessert and singing, just like delighted with her life. And the rest of the Petri sit at the table and eavesdrop. And Rob goes into the kitchen to check on her. And he's like, I know something's wrong with you. And she says, I'm fine. And he accuses her of drinking wine before he got home. And he's like, no more wine for you. And she's like, whatever, no problem. I'm not drinking. No more wine. No big deal. So cut back to the living room where mom and dad... Are talking and mom is like there's something wrong with that girl but uh-huh. her dad's basically her dad's uh, basically this is like, the moment where he's like hey
0: like, whatever <laughs> That's,
1: yeah she's, she's pretty she cooks she cares? laughs at my jokes yeah.
0: There's a moment here which I, I, I watched several times and genuinely had a laugh about when uh, Rob and Laura are in the kitchen, she drops a spoon and uh, Rob leans over to pick it up. And there's a moment where she seriously considers spraying whipped cream on his head and then gives like a look like, I really shouldn't. And it's like her her uh, facial expression acting is just amazing. And he stands up and yeah. like, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs>
1: It's and the audience really is good. loving being in on the little joke. It's mm-hmm. like oh god, it's so good. But then mother mother Petrie comments on all the empty wine bottles in the front closet, which we know she was trying to outfit to be right. candle holders. But mm-hmm. basically, her mother's his mother's like she's a drunk. So then, in one of my favorite moments of the episode. Laura comes out, Laura and um, Dick Van Dyke uh, come out of the kitchen with ice cream sundaes and and serve them. But then she realizes she's forgotten to put ice cream in the sundaes. It's just like chocolate sauce and whipped cream. So she goes to retrieve the ice cream in the kitchen and she comes back and she has this large cylinder of ice cream and an ice Mm. cream scoop. And she just begins flinging ice cream around. (laughs) It's glorious. She She's takes a big old scoop and she thumps it down in Rob's bowl and she says one for Robbie and she thumps it down in her mother-in-law's bowl and she says one for Moo Moo or <laughs> Moo or something she like
0: calls she her She says Moo Moo it's fantastic.
1: And one for daddy and one for Laurie, but she misses her bowl and just like smacks a huge thing of ice cream down on the table. And then she starts trying to scrape it into her bowl. It is Mm -hmm. so good. It is so funny.
0: Here's something I only noticed on the, on the second viewing, which, which made me laugh so much. So this, this scene starts with Laura singing. I dream of Laura with the light Brown hair, (laughs) full volume in the kitchen, not a care in the world. Dick Van Dyke goes in there to help her with the Sundays. And when they come out, Laura is saying, I was not singing. I wasn't. When was I singing? <laughs> yes. I think yes. it's fantastic. <laughs> so now everybody has ice cream Sundays with actual ice cream in it. And Laura sits down and drops her spoon and and says i'll get it and just melts down
1: yes to, she like, just till it's slides. just her head yeah <laughs> smiling under the table
0: and right before she goes under it's like just her head's on the table and she goes no and like <laughs> she's swaps. just
1: smiling the whole way it's so great and then she's down there so long that rob has to go under the table and retrieve her and i this is like just a little play and i'm loving yeah. it if you cut out the frame story it's just the four of them in this ap- four of them in Millie in this little apartment and they're doing the thing where like it, they're not seated around the table they're seated so that everyone can be seen right. from the
0: outside less, the proscenium less or
1: And it, you don't have to know anything about these people you know, man comes home in army uniform and says, my parents will be here in 24 hours. And, and new wife freaks out. Like, you don't... It sure. totally works completely out of context as its own little bottle. Yeah. And um, it's it's just... I'm loving all of her this physical is a comedy. Lot. It's, yeah. it's so funny, too, because this is the Dick Van Dyke show, and he usually gets... To do all the sure. super funny physical stuff, and this is clearly like Mary Tyler Moore is like, this is my chance to shine.
0: I oh. am going
1: to play the hell out of this episode.
0: They really and Laura, I'm sorry, uh, Mary Tyler Moore was a professional dancer before she came became a um, actor, uh, and they they spare no opportunities. There's a uh, every season. There's a talent show at the um, Alan, <laughs> whatever, Alan Brady show. Uh, where Rob works, where, uh-oh, Laura's going to do a little dance. And so Laura always dances and shows off her moves and things like that. Uh, but yep. no, just everybody, the, the way this is written, it's a real, I understand why people say, wow, this they don't make them like this anymore, because they don't. It's, it's like the, the moment between, so when TV started, it was three cameras basically filming a play. They would just write little plays, and you know it'd be one set, and they'd film it, and that was it. And then it started getting smarter, and they would go to different locations, and single camera and stuff like this. This is what uh, this was at a moment where they were really uh, amping up the TV element of it. Like it's still basically, like you're saying, it's basically a play. But they're really yeah. you know, smart about what they're doing with it and what they can show and, and all of that. And just, I don't know. It's just, I always loved this show and uh, this is a really good episode of it.
1: I did too. I watched it on Nick at Night as a kid and I just loved it. Also made me sure that being a writer on a TV show would be the best job ever. Because yeah, um, you 100%. just sit around and drink soda and joke with your friends all day. Sure. So Somebody plays the piano. parents decide after... after She's been under the table and Rob has to go and get her out from under there. And so dad's kind of like, well, it's been a long day. We should probably get going. And, mm-hmm. and Rob says, I just want to tell you guys one thing. And Laura chimes in, Vivian Fogel is a fink. <laughs> and it's fucking great. Yep. And then she decides it's time for dancing and she puts on music, but as established before, they only have like three records, one of which is a military band playing a march, so that's what she puts on. And she proceeds to dance around the apartment and sing with wild abandon. Yes. Rob is horrified.
0: Before you go any further, I have a brief bit of jazz research uh to Please. To, yeah, absolutely. So Laura puts on some music. It's a marching band thing, and she marches around and dances. Uh, and the song that she puts on is the National Emblem March. Um da da da, da 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 that whole thing. Uh and I I looked it up because she starts singing I Dream of Laura with the light brown hair and then transitions into so she starts singing uh, along with the tune. She sings the phrase "Oh, the monkey wrapped its tail around the flagpole," and I was like, "That's weird. I've never heard that before." So I started looking it up to see what the rest of the lyrics were. So I looked right. up the National Emblem March, which was written by Edwin Eugene Bailey in 1902. He wrote it and hated it and threw it away. But then his band rescued it out of the trash and <laughs> said, "Hey, this is pretty good." And I played it for him. Who cares, right? Well, I saw it and I know it now. So now you know it too. Uh, so he, his band convinced him to perform it. It and he sold it. Uh, copyright originally cost. Uh, he got twenty five dollars for it. Internet short. Uh, internet searches only show this lyric put to this music. It's like um, as a kid when you would just throw lyrics into popular songs, like um, Jingle Bells, Batman smells. There you go, exactly that. And the internet can only agree that the first line is "Oh, the monkey wrapped its tail around the flagpole." And then 90% of the people agree that the next line is something about that self-same monkey showing its asshole.
1: Oh, God, Laura, no. Well, that's
0: Uh, why he stops her. There you go. Exactly that. Uh, But I. And everyone
1: in the audience would have known how scandalous the next moment would have been. It was about to get
0: really real in there. Uh, So (laughs) that's a bit of jazz research to let you know that this was a scandalous moment. Uh, Narrowly avoided uh, uh, curse word. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Laura, stop. I hate to contradict you, but Uh I feel like this is very pertinent
1: research because now I understand that joke way better than I did and not really jazz research at all.
0: Did you need to know that bit about uh, Edwin Eugene Bailey in 1902 and the... Mount? No, no. That was very jazzy. There's jazz. That was jazzy. There's marching band jazz for you.
1: (laughs) Rob's like, stop it. And she passes out. Yeah, Like the the calm down pills all wear off or kick in or kill her at the same moment. Sure. And then she just passes right out. And then quote dad off, off screen. Well, you got to say she got to admit she's obedient, which that's is really like, rough. Oh, that's a rough you. line. Okay, sir. That's, okay, sir. This that should, line didn't age well.
0: In the future, people will know, oh, this is the moment where things are serious now. When somebody, you know, passes the fuck out and has to go to the hospital. From
1: a drug overdose? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> people will learn to be a bit more sensitive. Um, yeah, so yeah.
1: this episode is not remarkable. Wait, we don't spend any time on her getting punched in the face or Laura Petrie's drug overdose. We just... Those are buttons for scenes that we couldn't figure out how to end, apparently.
0: hits her right in the button. (laughs) So yeah, Laura passes out, and that's the end of the flashback. We go back to the writer's room, and Rob's like, see? And then she died.
1: And now Uh, (laughs) she didn't (laughs) die. But we are approaching the inmost cave. So if all of this was Rob attempting to convince his co-worker not to take someone else's prescriptions, which I have several problems with this, one of which is that she took a bunch of them if she had taken one it probably would have been fine but well um, the,
0: the idea being you shouldn't have, well no she took one and she started getting spacey about it already like when she took one she had the carrots and parrots and keys moment
1: i don't think oh, so Oh no, that I, was two
0: that was Some after
1: yeah when well, she took one she was fine she just didn't wait long enough to see if thing was going to happen but
0: so chelsea you're advocating people just take prescription pills no matter what just as long as you only take one
1: I always have, your, yes. That has been my, historically If you been find my prescription
0: position. pills, only take one of them. If you exactly. find a syringe of heroin, Sell the just rest. the one syringe, please.
1: Yes. So Rob, uh, we, now we're going to see, has Rob's tail scared Sally straight? Will she admit that she shouldn't <laughs> take other people's prescriptions? And Buddy asks if Rob's parents were mad, and then he says, actually, once we figured out what had happened, it really endeared Laura to them, and I'm like... Well, you're you're undercutting your message here, though, because the message was supposed to be, oh, look, she did these terrible things that were unlike herself, but it's that whole Urkel got drunk and was the most popular he's ever been thing again. The whole point was supposed to be that she did these things that were unlike her and jeopardized a potentially very serious occasion. And instead, what he says is, yeah, they liked her even more. After she yeah. did this. So it's Once a whole again. Urkel getting drunk and he's the most popular he's ever been thing again. So now, but this is the Hear Supreme Ordeal. Hear ladies? Or-
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your love, the love coming from your in-laws is one uh, opioid overdose away.
1: Yeah, just take a few, calm down edibles. So now this is the mm-hmm. Supreme Ordeal. Sally has fallen asleep. Buddy wakes her up. And Rob's like, I just told you this whole story. And she says, yeah, but my nap did more for my headache than your story would have. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? This is the whole (laughs) point of the episode is leading to this supreme ordeal. Has Sally learned a lesson? She didn't even witness the episode that we all just sat through. This is the first (laughs) time. She
0: just fell asleep. (laughs) This is the first time this has
1: ever happened to me in looking at an episode <laughs> through the hero's journey that we can't have a supreme ordeal because the person has just missed <laughs> the entire
0: episode. Yep. Yep. The, the, the supreme ordeal and I slept a right through it.
1: So what? Well. Wow, wow. What? So... He undercuts yeah. his original message. He comes in so strong and he's so serious in the first part of this bookend about, you know, throwing out facts about how prescriptions are specifically calibrated to specific people and it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's just like, except that really it was a great thing. All all yeah. things considered, it was wonderful for Laura and my parents and their relationship. And did you learn anything? What you fell asleep. End of episode.
0: Dig Van Dyke presents. Suck it, Joseph Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> where is Joseph Campbell now? Uh yeah, no. And then and then they have a very clear uh-oh, we have 30 seconds left to, <laughs> to fill. fill. Yes. <sighs> so they use what is only funny. Like as much as this parents in-law pressure on a marriage is only good until like 1990, this bit is only funny until like the late 60s where um more buddy is like well i'll tell you the whole story and rob's like we don't have time for that and he's like i'll tell it quick and he starts talking fast and then we rewatch the millie moment in fast motion and i guess we're supposed to bust our guts yeah it's hilarious
1: we just watched a scene we already saw that 35 second scene that we described but it's
0: fast but it was fast fast. it was in fast motion it was in fast motion though and the end of episode yeah, it does no it, no further nothing. What? The what? episode shrugs and then it's credits.
1: I it's so weird because from a writing perspective it's like what is this episode? But from a purely yeah. fun watching Mary Tyler Moore act high for half an hour perspective, sure. it is
0: glorious. I'm way into that. That's that's fantastic. And I mean it's it's clearly like a take on the whole you know that must have been a popular sitcom trope of meeting the parents or meeting yeah. the the relatives and things like that. It must have been an easy bit. It's got it all still of is. The, I mean, the,
1: uh, fucking uh, meet the parents, meet the fuckers, sure. meet the other people's. Like, there's a whole movie franchise just based meet, on meet this the occurrence. death of this
0: franchise, <laughs> meet the paycheck. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, it's it's something we all understand. Whether or not your your family puts pressure on it, you understand meeting some parent at some point. It's going to be yeah. weird. Um, but it's just it's just such a weird episode to do, and yet I really enjoyed it and think it's a very well done episode. It's just very strange.
1: It's just not very good for the hero's journey from a it's perspective really- of like funny jokes and funny physical humor. It's great. And we have the whole melly yeah. thing right in the middle. It's super fun.
0: Well, I'm sorry that we didn't do my first choice, which was an episode of Me and the Chimp. <laughs> uh, where, where the chimp has to meet his chimp in-laws and takes chimp pills.
1: No. Um, I did a little bit of research on why you shouldn't okay. take other people's meds. Because right. from, a, from a should you show this to children to teach them not to take other people's prescription, um, this really falls down on the
0: job. Not um, great. It really look, makes it look like it's a lot of fun. It, it really, really does. Fucking, it and then everyone likes you better afterwards. Yeah. And it ends with a lady jamming out to marching music. So I, right. I can only assume like Pink Floyd would have blown her goddamn mind.
1: And then we hear so. that not only were the in-laws not mad, they really loved her even more after that. So it just works out great for everybody. But They're you should not whatever. take someone else's prescription medications um, for the reasons Rob mentions, because prescriptions are calibrated on your, Um, you know, your own physical size and your, and your weight, but also your medical history, current conditions, other medications that you're taking, other conditions you might might have. have. Exactly. Um, the drug might be bad for you or otherwise, um, contraindicated, which is what they say when, um, it would interact with something that's already going on with you in such a way that it, it would do more harm than good. Uh, so there's a whole list on EverydayHealth.com of reasons why not to take other people's meds. And it's a lot of the same ones that you would normally think of. Like, you know, the side effects could be bad. It could interact with medication you're already taking or something's already going on with you. However, uh, there, I thought I would read a couple of the ones that I hadn't thought about before, which is that, um, If you take a drug without proper diagnosis, it could mask symptoms of your underlying condition, which could be getting worse. So you could take it and think, oh, I feel better, but actually it's just masking your symptoms and you're getting worse. The dose also might be too high for you because some drugs you have to build up to a dose gradually by slowly increasing the dosage over time. So you could take... Yes, yeah, so you could overdose on something without realizing it because you don't have the, um, you don't have the uh, resistance, not resistant tolerance, tolerance for it. You also might be allergic to a drug and not realize it. And also, if you have taken someone's else's medicine and you have an unexpected serious reaction, no one, least of all your own doctor, will need to will know what you've taken or what's yeah. going on with you. Um, whereas right. if you take your own meds and you have a reaction, people are like, oh, well, she's on this, so. Right. Uh, Yeah. So those are some lesser known reasons not to take other people's prescription medications. Not a great idea. If
0: you needed, if you were like, all right, I understand the, you know, top 10 reasons, but what are, I'm still not convinced not to take (laughs) these pills I found on the street. I found a a pile of pills somewhere and I'm not (laughs) thinking about taking them. Also, medication expires. How about that? That's another thing. Um, Yeah. Just generally, maybe, uh, don't do the thing still I, I respect this episode for you know again in the first minute and 30 seconds Dick Van Dyke says don't ever ever do this and then we're just done it's like okay cool thanks yeah. we don't have to, yeah, the rest have to of come this and is sit just... on a buffet table at the end and look right at us and tell us about things no he's, he's good we got it
1: yeah the rest of this is just the Mary Tyler Moore physical comedy spectacular which I'm into yeah, me um,
0: too. It didn't make me look up Mary Tyler Moore bosoms or anything like that, but, you know. <laughs> well, you did, She's though. more... No, I absolutely did. But truly, her ability and grace and comedy shows us <laughs> that she's more than just a pair of bosoms. Bosoms. Yep. There you go. That's the... Keep that one. Don't keep the other one. That's good.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, who what
0: would did you uh, have? Yeah. What did we learn uh, from this episode? I mean... I don't feel like either of us needed to know not to take other people's prescription pills.
1: Uh I learned that you can have a TV episode in the 60s that basically takes place in two rooms with five people.
0: Yeah, yeah 100%. That was <laughs> that was advanced for the time. I'm pretty sure it used to be just one room. It's um, so funny
1: because now I look at the pilots I write and I'm like there are too few locations and too few people like coming from theater that is a that's a a thing that you yeah. have to adjust to. Yeah. Um, and I look at this and I'm like, there are a total of seven people in this episode and they three mm-hmm. rooms like this is yeah. the whole thing is just a play. Um, so but that was a little bit of like historic TV. My writer brain sort of clocked that I, I took that into um, took that into the, the old memory bank and filed it away.
0: I learned that old people are looking up porn, too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I learned about uh, the National Emblem March, written yeah. by Eugene, Edwin Eugene Bailey in 1902. And the fun history surrounding, as, as much as any history surrounding a marching song, is going to be a raucous fun time. Yep.
1: Good time. Who do you want to hug?
0: Lord. Uh, Laura.
1: Yeah, clearly. She's having the most yeah. fun ever.
0: 100%. I want to take calm down pills with Laura and yes. just hug and laugh and march around.
1: Yes. It I sounds like the be best. Famous. Also, I bet that food was super good. Then really yeah, it really comments on it, but I bet it was awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, it's as many vegetables as you could possibly want and <laughs> right. asparagus with cheese. Way to go, Laura. Um, yeah. What was the yeah. main dish there? Oh, and there was, fucking, I think
1: it was some sort of turkey because at one point they show her with like a baster full of that's right, liquid, that's right. but they never showed the bird.
0: They never showed the bird, and I bet those ice cream sundays were tasted actual. They're probably not like as flavorful, but like the flavor in it must have been like actual flavor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like like from a was, vanilla
1: bean or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah. that was uh, the Dick Van Dyke show. And thank you very much for joining us on that crazy trippy. <laughs> hey, when I think about this episode, I'm like, what a long, strange trip it's been through this uh, episode.
1: Yeah. Next time, Andy, we are going to watch an episode of Gummy Bears, which we have not watched yeah. before. Season one, episode 11A, because there are two little episodes for every half hour of programming. So it's 11A mm-hmm. and you can watch that on Disney+. Plus.
0: There you go. Uh, and will they be bouncing here and there and everywhere, Chelsea? Tune you know it. Find out. Oh, you spoiled it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next time. Bring snacks. Bye. Bye.